Barry's might be dying. Oh, there we go. All right. I'm back. Um, oh gosh. Well, welcome, everyone. Um, as I say, you know, fairly frequently, it's really hard to preach after good worship. Um, thank you, guys. So, third Sunday in Advent. And uh, the theme for the third Sunday in Advent is joy. Um, which is actually how we, we finished last week with you know, the sense of the, the Holy Spirit, the Lord wanted to give us joy. I don't know if you, those of you who were here and we came up for communion and saw the Lord was offering us joy. Um, and so tonight we can go a bit deeper. And you know, it, would, it, would be, it would be maybe too obvious and easy if the scripture reading was one you know, which said something nice about you know, the Lord filling us with joy or the Lord giving us joy or the Lord sprinkling us with joy or something, you know. Um, but as is often the case in the kingdom, that we get to joy through other means. And th thinking about Jesus more profoundly than just joy as a, a fruit of the Spirit, as amazing as that is. And so we've had one of the readings today, and I'm going to read part of it again from Isaiah 35. Um, the New Testament reading for today is taken from Matthew 11. And I'm going to read that in bits, okay, and I'm going to keep coming back to it. But these, these scriptures are, are gold to us. Um, and as always with scripture, they, they, might, be, they might be well known. Um, so let's, let's pray that the Lord will, will keep them fresh in our hearts and speak to our spirits. And part of what I'm, I'm going to be speaking about tonight, not in any sort of profound way, but to, you know, we, we, have this, we have this line that we use in church that we live in the now and not yet. Have you all heard that phrase? We live in the now of the kingdom, but not the not yet. Not in the final consummation of the kingdom. We don't have all of the promises of the kingdom. Um, and, and, you know, and I think that is true and it's necessary to say, but I think that too often we focus on the not yet part, and we find that easier to believe. And we find it easier to believe that when the Lord comes back, he's gonna make all things new. Sorrow and sighing will flee away. I think that's quite easy for us to believe, but it's more difficult for us to believe the promises of the kingdom that, that are actually now. Um, and that's what Jesus talks about in these scriptures, and that's what Isaiah talks about in these scriptures. Um, and that has to be the source of our joy. And, that, and that's what, what Scripture wants to say to us today, that there's joy if we will see what Jesus is saying to us. So in Matthew 11, in Matthew 11 verse 2, it says this. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of the disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one? Or do we look for another. Are you the coming one or do we look for another? And just briefly want to say, you know, these I find these verses strangely comforting. Slightly odd, but comforting. John is the one who was to prepare the way. John is the one who talked about Jesus being more worthy than him. The one who would baptize with power. If anyone knew Jesus, it was John. And yet even he 
has this question. And that can be helpful for us if we waver in our faith. If we wonder, Lord, what is going on? When things aren't working out the way that, they, that we thought they should. That even someone like John wondered. And Jesus, being Jesus, doesn't give a direct answer. He wants to play with this a little bit. Because there's a lesson here. And so I'm going to come to what he says later. But he references us back to Isaiah 35. And so I want to read some of these words again. And I'm not going to read all of it. um, But I, I I want these words to wash over us. When you think about the reality of the kingdom and what it is that Jesus brought to us and why we should have joy. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals, where each lay, there shall be grass with reeds and rushes. Matt's already spoken that one of the things we sense the Lord wanting to do tonight was to go after anxiety. Just believe the Lord wants to break that over a few people here tonight. Hopefully everyone is suffering with it, not just a few. And the other thing that I, that I heard the Lord saying for tonight was that, um, that there's, there's a few of us in the room who, who maybe feel like we're the place where the jackals are living, that we are the wilderness, we are the desert, and the Lord wants to bring life. Okay, he wants to bring water. We're going to pray about that at the end. Um, but if, if you sense that on your heart, just let the Spirit speak to you about that. And this is what, so Jesus, Jesus responds to John's disciples, and this is what he says. This is Matthew eleven four. 4. Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Jesus is the fulfillment of Isaiah 35. So John, John's asking Jesus, are you the one? Because John is in prison and he's wondering. And John expects the, the consummation of God's kingdom. He expects the final, the Messiah to come in power. And he's wondering, are you the one? And Jesus is essentially responding and saying, I am the one. The kingdom we know, Jesus says later in scripture, only the Father knows when the kingdom will come in its final version. But Jesus is saying, I am the kingdom. 
and the kingdom has come because the blind see and the deaf hear and, and the lepers are cleansed and the dead are raised. So when we think about the now and the not yet, we often think about all these things being done and the not yet, and Jesus is saying, well, this is the now. This is the now. This is the kingdom I'm bringing now for you as a church, and this can be your joy. In both of these passages, in Isaiah 35 and in Matthew 4, there is a call to us to strengthen ourselves. Okay, and I don't want us to lose sight of this. Strengthen the weak hands, Isaiah says, and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful-hearted, be strong, do not fear. Which is weird scripture if he's preaching on joy. Okay. Fear, weakness, faint-hearted. These aren't the things of joy. Okay, but Isaiah says to him, in the middle of all this praise, this is what God's going to do. These are the miracles that you're going to see. This is the life that's going to come. In the middle, he has these lines. Strengthen yourself. Strengthen yourself. Jesus, when he's talking about his kingdom, he says, do not be offended. Blessed are those who are not offended by me. Or you can translate that as, blessed are those who do not fall away because of me. Which also seems a slightly weird thing to say, except we know it happens. But it's weird to think, oh, blind are seeing and deaf are hearing and dead are being raised and we're going to fall away because of the power of God, because we're offended by Jesus. And so part of the strengthening that, that Jesus calls us to is not letting our religion or our politics, our anxiety, our selfish desires, our imagining of what the kingdom is supposed to be get in the way of what Jesus says it is. Because we all come to Scripture with our own imaginings of what the kingdom should be, just like John did. And Jesus says, well, actually, this is what it is. And don't be offended by me. Don't be offended by my power and the miracles. And true joy is his to give us. But note that we have these things about strengthening and these things about uh, not falling away because his joy is given, his miracles are done, his kingdom comes in a world that is broken. Now, Joe told me off a couple of weeks ago for giving a depressant, uh, depressing Advent sermon. So, you know, I don't want to talk about the bad stuff too much, you know. <laughs> but this is, you know, Jesus, is, is, his kingdom has come in the, in the state of war, isn't it? And we live in a context of spiritual warfare. Which is why we're told, you know, be strong. So Jesus then follows up with these words. The disciples of John depart in verse 7. Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who, who will prepare your way before you. 
Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of woman, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. I love these words. How often are we drawn to the ones in soft clothing? The ones who live in comfort and are rich. whose voices are all over social media who are popular. <laughs> it's so easy in our world. And John's the one who wore sackcloth and ate locusts. And the weirdest thing about John is that people went to see him and he had the weirdest message to tell them. And one of the hardest messages, which was repent. Repent. Jacob, repent. Dave, repent. I'm not going to name your sins. Well, because the Lord's not telling me. But, um, because that would, that would be weird and, and, and mean. Okay. But is, isn't, it, isn't it profound that this guy, he was not attractive. He was not wealthy. He looked weird. He ate weird food. And he said things that were hard to hear. He called out people's brokenness and, and the fact that they were fallen and, and they were short of the glory of God. But he called them to make the way. And this is what we did last week, you know, raise the valleys, pull down the mountains, kill our pride, get rid of shame. John's the one calling to repentance. And this, this line where he, where he says, did you go out to see this reed? John is not a reed that sways in the wind. John is the one who speaks truth. Now, we are surrounded in a world where truth is no longer truth. Where truth in itself is no longer easy to actually define or even to say that truth exists is problematic. John would not, or this would not sit well with John. There is truth. If there is no truth, there is no sin. If there's no sin, there's no repentance. If there's no repentance, there is no life with Jesus. And if there's no life with Jesus, there is no joy. The call to repentance begins at all. Okay, and we have to have truth. We have to say, well, Lord, this is your standard. And this is what we call to. You know, and Kay's been in one of my classes and a few of the others, and we, I asked them, who is the greatest person ever born before Jesus? And it's always fun, isn't it? Oh, Moses, Abraham. We go through all the great people in the Bible. And Jesus is explicit. It's John, the greatest to ever live was John, this weird guy in the desert who calls us to repentance. And I said last week that repentance itself is a joy. As soon as we get away from thinking, well, repentance is just me remembering all the things I've done wrong and all the ways I've fallen short, as soon as we get rid of that mindset and we say that repentance, like John, it's the way to Jesus. It's the way, it, he makes the way. Repentance makes the way to Jesus when we realize it's a chance it's to rip out of our lives everything that, that stops us knowing him and having intimacy with him and having the joy of knowing him. Then repentance becomes this gift for us. Ultimately, it leads us to know Jesus. And I'm sure that is part of why Jesus said that he was the greatest ever born because he was the one that would lead us to him through repentance. 
So this morning, um, and I don't have much more to say because I want us to have time to pray together. Um, you know, we, we have to flesh out the rubbish in our lives. I know we repented last week. I'm sure at least one of you has done something else wrong this week. I know Matt has because I've spent some time with him. <laughs> um, but yeah, like daily, we need, to, we, need to, like, we need to flesh out the crud in our lives. Um, so this morning I did what I always do. As, you know, I, I, I sat down to pray. I had a, the beginnings of a sermon in my head. I felt, okay, Holy Spirit, I think I know what you want to do. But I don't know what I'm going to preach until I, until I hear the Lord say, this is the point. And when he's nice, he tells me in advance, okay? And so I, I, I sat down and I, and I prayed and I said, like, Lord, will you, will you, Holy Spirit, will you come? And, and will you speak to me? Tell me what you want your children to hear tonight. And, and this is what I heard him say. This was, this was a sincere request, okay? I thought, you know, it's just what I do. And this is what he said to me. He said, absolutely, I'll come and I'll speak to you. But where exactly do you want me to come? And then he showed me a picture of my heart, and he says, I, I see there's a little bit of space. There's a little bit of space there with your busyness. Uh, I could fit there. Or there's this weird thing you've been doing with the critical spirit recently. Um, I haven't really been enjoying what's coming out of your heart in that regard. So there's a little bit of space there I could fit in there. And you went on and on. I was like, all right. <laughs> all right, I get the message. Okay. And he said, repent. And he had named these four or five or six or seven things. And so I did. And you, you know, and I just felt him filling me. And as soon as I'd finished repenting, he said, okay, this is what, this is what I want you to say. Thanks for making space for me. I've missed you <laughs> the last few days. And he's so gentle and sometimes slightly sarcastic. Um, but that's probably just me. I don't think he does that with everyone. It might depend on your love language um, or something. <laughs> but I saw again this, he just opened the space in my heart. And I could say to him, Lord, I surrender. I surrender. Fill me, please, again. I'm sorry. And then, you know, we, we must remember these, these last words that Jesus says. And I wish the scripture for today went on because he goes on to say some pretty cool things further on in this chapter. But the last thing that we read tonight is he doesn't just end with, you know, John is the greatest ever born of woman. But he ends with this amazing line. I think one of the most incredible lines in all of Scripture, greater is the least in the kingdom of heaven than John. And that doesn't mean our lives are going to be better or more influential or more whatever. You know, there's all sorts of ways we might interpret that. But the least in the kingdom is greater than John. The least of us is greater than John because we have access to the kingdom of God. We have the blessing of the Holy Spirit of God filling us. We have a prize that John could only dream of and he could never experience because he was killed. And now he's with the glory of God, obviously. But when we, th we think that Jesus said, you know, my kingdom is now, my kingdom has come, 
This is the content of my kingdom. The blind seeing, the deaf hearing, the lame walking. And these are the things that he told us to go out and do. And he says, of all the people in all the Old Testament, John is the greatest, but, Giselle, you're greater. Lisa, you're greater. Two Lisas, you're greater. Isn't that crazy? And so we don't have an excuse not to be agents of the kingdom. We have the delight and the joy of being agents of the kingdom of God. To advance the kingdom of God. And if you read further down, and I won't read it just because of time, but if you read further down, further down, Jesus has this crazy thing which he says about the kingdom of God is always advancing, and the violent take it. Those that have strengthened their knees and grabbed hold of it, believed in it, walk in it, they will see the kingdom come. We, we worship this amazing God who decided to be born as a child. There's some children in the back. They are really quite strange, you know. They, they're vulnerable, they're noisy, they're completely and utterly dependent. What a peculiar thing for a God to do. And it's incredible that he entrusted himself to us. Us. It amazes me. And he is so worthy of our worship. And he is worthy of our awe. And he is worthy of our repentance. And when we, when we capture the awe of the Lord and we, we capture his majesty and we capture the, the joy of repentance and we capture the joy of knowing him and the joy of seeing his kingdom come, the joy of the kingdom saturates us. Not that we're going to be stupidly happy people like some sort of Monty Python movie walking around <laughs> with no rationale, okay? At some stages, we will be blissfully happy, as we should be, okay? But this is not about some weird, shallow happiness. This is about a deep joy, the fruit of the Spirit of God that comes through His Spirit, linking with our spirit, and His life flowing through us. What a gift for us this Christmas. What a gift. So what I felt the Lord wanting to do tonight besides hopefully tell you something mildly constructive, was I wanted us to pray as a family. Okay? I know it's not quite Christmas yet, but a lot of you are leaving. Um, and we deliberately, did, you know, shorter sermon, shorter worship, so we could do this. And it might require us to have a little bit of courage. Okay, don't worry, it's not going to be too scary. Um, but one of, the, one of the core values in kingdom life is that, you know, we all get to play. You, don't, you guys don't come here to hear anything from me. Do you, Matt? No. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that line one day in a sermon that they're not ready for it just yet. Um, 
But we, one of our core values is that we all get to play. We're all part of the kingdom. Okay, so I want, us, I want us to pray together as a family. And the first thing I, 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 wanna, I want us to pray about, um, we, are, we are going to pray against anxiety together. Okay, but before we do that, I want you to ask, is there, is there anyone here who, who has anxiety about going home? for Christmas. And I know this is not necessarily an easy thing, but if you have a family dynamic which worries you, um, relationships, whatever it is, broken family, I'd like us to pray for you. Okay? So is there, is there anyone who fits into that category who would like prayer? Okay, so what I would like, and I know this is asking just a little bit more of you, I'd like you to come into the aisle. Could you do that? Okay. And we, we're gonna pray as a family. So, I think a week or two ago, you know, one of the challenges with repentance is often that we have to let our masks slip, eh? And we have to be, we just have to be authentic. That life is sometimes hard and families are difficult and stuff happens. And so the first thing just to say to all of you that are here is just thank you for being honest, okay? The Lord can meet us when we're honest so powerfully. All right, so the rest of you, I want you to stand up Okay, and I want you to turn and face your sisters. Okay, yeah, yeah, now we'll talk about the men and their courage later, okay. Um, for now, we're going to focus on praying. So, Matt, can you grab the mic just in case you want to pray anything as well? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to pray over them, but, uh, but I, I want you to reach out your hands, and I, I, want you to, I want you to cover these women with the presence of the Lord. Okay, so let's just pray for them. Jesus, I thank you for your daughters. Lord, I hear you saying two things over them. The first and this is obvious, but you need to hear it, is that you are loved, that the Savior of the world, the one who came as a child, the one who came to die, the one who came that you would have him in you, he would have his life in you. He loves you, and he sees you, and he sees where you are going, and he is in you, and he is with you, and he will be with you. Whatever situation you walk, walk with the hope and the knowledge, not of the idea that he might be with you, but the hope and the confidence that he is with you. The savior of the world, walking with you. And the second thing is to declare over you 
that because he is with you, you are agents of his kingdom. And his kingdom will advance. And he doesn't call you to evangelize or call people to account or to repentance or anything like that. But you are living kingdoms of God, temples of the Lord. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that your presence will be so manifest over them that they will change the environments into which they walk. That they will have words of wisdom to speak peace. That at your will, Jesus, that there will be healing and restoration. Lord, we ask for miracles in these homes. And at the very least, Lord, I ask that they would have a miracle in their hearts, that they will go and they will be with their families and they will be amazed at how your peace and your love covers them and the barbs of the enemy no longer penetrate the shield that you have around them, Jesus. So to any words and feelings of anxiety over your daughters, we tell you to be gone in the name of Jesus. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus of these children of God. And instead of anxiety, we, we speak peace. And we speak joy. And we speak your love, Lord Jesus. guys walking and you, you had this giant chocolate bar and you were eating the chocolate bar and just loving it and then you were also handing it to the people in front of you and around you uh, and I, the, the passage uh, freely have received to freely give came to mind and I feel like the Lord was saying that you're going to be bringing peace where you go but not just news of peace you're going to be able to experience it and, and carry that, that reality of the Lord's peace um, and have so much of it for yourself as you share that with those around you. Um, the same way you would just sharing this meal that you're having, but you're just having so much fun eating as well. We thank you, Jesus. Bless your daughters. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone. So that was the first of two. <laughs> Second prayer, and we'll kind of we'll, we'll do this um, as one. Um, so the other thing that we felt the Lord saying is He really wanted to go after anxiety. So not just about family, but anxiety, you know, in its full <laughs> breadth. Um, and also for those people who are feeling dry. So when you, you know, when you think about the Lord, you may have a you may still have faith, you may still believe, you may still love him, you know, and that's good. But it might, be a, might have been a while since you felt his life and you felt his touch and you felt that joy <laughs> flowing through you. That was genuine. Okay, so I'm, I just want to pray of you. And again, Matt or Amanda or Kath might come up here and pray. Um,
So let's just pray together. Um, if, this is, you know, if, if, if this is not you, then, then please just turn to the person next to you. Um, and all I would ask is that you just, just put your hands out in front of you um, to receive. Uh, so if, if, you are, if you're feeling so blessed by the Lord and you know, you're just having a great time with him um, and this is not for you, then turn to the person on either side of you or someone near you has their hands out. and Will you just lay your hands on them while we pray? Do this as a family again. And we, and we pray these prayers, and I know many of us have prayed against these things or for these things, and, um, and we wonder, just like John wondered, is this the kingdom? Right, let's have hope. We believe that when, when the Lord speaks these things to us, um, that he intends to move. So let's have hope. You must have a little mustard seed. Jesus, the fruit of your spirit is joy and peace. The nature of your kingdom is love and it's hope. It is not anxiety. It is not fear. Jesus, you explicitly tell us not to fear. And Lord, I know you don't just expect us not to out of our own strength, but you you command that because you give us the way. And Jesus, we're asking you tonight, would you you shift things in the spiritual, in the spiritual realm, Lord, and would you bring healing in the physical? We declare that anxiety is not from you. It is not for your children, Father. And so in the name of Jesus, we pray against anxiety. We pray against every way that the enemy would use anxiety and be speaking words of fear into our lives. We declare that these are lies. These are not the truth of the kingdom of God. And to the spirits and schemes of the enemy that use anxiety against the children of God, we bind you and we rebuke you in Jesus' name. And we pray, Holy Spirit, will you move? Will you bring peace? Will you bring healing now? Take that anxiety, Lord. And as Matt said at the beginning of the service, we declare the blood of Jesus, that victory of Jesus over death and sickness. We declare the blood of the, of the lamb over that anxiety. Whatever roots it has, wherever it is based, we declare the blood of Jesus. Let your healing come. 
Lord Jesus. Lord, for those here whose hearts are dry, whose spirits are dry, and would you feel disconnected? Lord, I ask that you would move now. We ask for that river of life that you promised us. Would you flow? Would you flow, Holy Spirit? Come, Holy Spirit. Let the desert, let the wastelands blossom. Let these be places of beauty. We declare the life of God, the living water of Jesus, flow in our lives. picture of a person that was holding like a box and that box kind of represented their life and it was totally dry and um, they wanted it to be wet um, and there was a big waterfall that was just pouring out right next to them that was like they were like standing right next to it um, but then they were just sitting there it was kind of gross they were spitting on the box trying to get it wet with their own saliva mm. um, and then they stopped and they just kind of turned and just got doused in this heavenly waterfall. Um, and so I felt like yeah, it was the Lord um, just kind of revealing the, the postures a lot of us have of recognizing we're dry, wanting to, to be wet, you know, to have yeah. that, that flow of the Spirit, but trying to, to create that ourselves um, instead of simply turning and receiving that flow of life. It's not us working up something to get the Spirit. It's simply an intentional posture mm. of stepping into the flow and then the Lord moving. Um, so yeah. Will you pray that? I will. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Jesus, uh, Lord, on behalf of those of us that um, are doing that, Lord, we repent uh, of self-righteousness. We repent of unbelief. We repent of withholding ourselves from you, um, trying to keep control for ourselves. Um, we give that up to you, Lord. And... We just offer you our hearts right now. We don't try to work and, and get ourselves in the right place. We just offer it to you. We step into the flow of your presence and your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the outpouring of your life. You are good. You need us. Amen. Thank you, everyone.